great to be able to come and speak to you at the beginning of this new year about this verse that we have chosen for the year um, that we have felt God calling us to this this idea of a year of mission of dedicating ourselves to um, equipping ourselves for mission and evangelism and sharing declaring the greatness of God in the world Uh, So if you didn't get one last week, you can pick one up at the back. And we really would like you to learn it, to pray it, to um, live it and and grow with this verse over the course of this year. Uh, So we're going to focus today on Psalm 96 verse 3. But I wanted us to look at the whole psalm because I think the context it gives us um, gives us some application points, some of the things we can think about doing Um, for how we can be part of the mission of God. So the psalm begins by inviting us to sing in worship and praise God for his salvation. The first thing here then for me is that mission and proclamation are rooted in relationship. That when we know and love God, when we spend time in his presence, when we worship him, and meet with him, then um, our lives will be filled with his presence and that will flow out of us in that proclamation of his greatness. You might have seen that little illustration on social media about if you're holding a cup of coffee and someone bumps into you, what will come out of the cup? Go on. Coffee, coffee will come out of your cup if that's what you're holding. And in the same way, if you are filled with the Spirit, if you've spent time in God's presence, then when life comes and bumps up against us, when we're out and about, what will spill out of us is God's goodness and His grace, the fruit of the Spirit that we talked about a few months ago, those things that will demonstrate the goodness of God in our lives. So when I first started out serving in churches, I, um, I was on the kids and youth team at New Life in Lincoln, where I grew up. And um, the lady who looked after children and youth there was a lady called Muriel Shelbourne. Um, she was quite an old lady, um, and she'd, al- she'd always been in sort of ministry. So she had um, served in Africa as a missionary with her husband, And then they'd come back to Lincoln and they'd started pastoring a church. And he'd died a long time before I arrived. But she remained on the leadership team of this church. And and she was this incredible lady. And she, she often springs to my mind when I think about mission. Not particularly because she'd been to Africa or because she was in full time ministry. But because Muriel's life showed me something about what it means to overflow the love of God in every situation. So I believe that if you had snapped Muriel in half, which would have been possible because she was very slight, and that the words running through the middle of Muriel would have been that God is good. And she communicated that in lots of different ways. But one of those ways was by being um, very attentive, very loving, but she was wise and challenging as well. She was one of those people who had lived her life with God. And so being in her presence sort of led you to feel a bit like you were meeting Jesus in her. Um, 
often there are people like that, aren't there, who the love of God just flows out of them because they've spent so much time soaking in that they're able to give it out. She was an example of just loving and serving God and loving the people that he put in front of her wherever she found herself. She'd seen spectacular things, but she was willing to serve away in the children's ministry in Lincoln where nobody would know or hear, um, but she just wanted people to encounter the love of God. And our verse for this year says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. This is one of the many places in the Old Testament that we see God's intention to reveal himself to all nations through his relationship with Israel. So Israel are God's chosen people, but he has this intention beyond them that that by their relationship with him, by the covenant that he's made to them, that he will be revealed to the other nations around them. The purpose of our worship then, if, if God's intention in his relationship with us is to reveal himself to those around us, then the purpose of our worship has to be something more than just coming on a Sunday and singing some songs. Worship invites us to join in with creation in proclaiming the greatness of God. It reminds us of how great he is and and puts us in that place regularly coming back to the greatness of God. And then our worship does something more. It reveals the greatness of God in the world. The fact that we come to worship, the fact that we base our lives in worship, the fact that we do it regularly, that it flows out of the other things that we do, that says something to the world about what we found, doesn't it? It says something about how seriously we're taking this thing that we're doing. And so the consistency of our worship should invite others in to join in with that song. Sometimes we can feel like we, we want to keep it to ourselves, can't we? We can feel a bit shy and nervous about sharing our worship, sharing how great God is to us. Um, With others, we don't want to bother them with it. Um, You know, you go through the drive-through in McDonald's, you just turn the worship songs down a little bit, don't want to offend the person who you're ordering your Big Mac from. Um, You know, it might be that um, we're, we're just not confident to share, or it might be that we want to hold people at a bit of a distance until they reach a point where we think they're ready. Perhaps sometimes we feel that, you know, if someone doesn't really quite get it, then if they join in, you know, they might make a bit of a mess of it. They might sort of take it off track. But God's intention is that our life of worship, the songs that we sing, the way that we live, should be an invitation to the world to join in with his greatness. So if verse 3 is an indication of God's purpose for his people to declare his glory in the nations, then perhaps the rest of the psalm gives us some pointers about how we can do that. So verses 5 to 9 talk about calling the nations to turn away from idols and turn to the one true God. wonder what do you think are the idols in our society And how do we as the church demonstrate 
that there's a better way. Well, um, next Monday will be the day that the media refer to as Blue Monday, when all of the Christmas celebrations have ended. The lights have been taken down, the bank balance is low, the resolutions are failing, and the days are short. And when we start to find ourselves feeling a little bit hopeless. One of the idols of our culture is the sparkle and consumerism and excess of the way we celebrate Christmas. It's a million miles from the true meaning. And it leads us to this crash in January when all of the things that were making us feel good in the dark nights of winter sort of come to a crashing halt And we're left feeling hopeless and empty. But we, the church, we have a true meaning of Christmas. When when we come to the end of the Christmas season, we're not left hopeless. But we're left hope-filled for all the rest of the story to come, aren't we? And that's a gift that we have to offer to our culture. That we call them away from that idol of plenty and crash into the sustaining, hopeful presence of God with us, light in the darkness, even when only the rubbish chocolates are left in the box. And we could draw out loads of other examples, um, but it could take us all day. Our job as the church is to have our eyes open to the ways that God is working in our culture, the ways that he's already opening people's hearts and drawing them to his glory. Our job is to make known what people are looking for. I might have told you before, but um, at college I had this tutor and she said that um, paper chase was evidence that... um, Our culture was searching for God. She would say that the the fact that people would pay £15 for a notebook with motivational quotes in or um, to help them to organise their lives meant that there was something deep inside them that was searching for purpose and meaning and hope. In that culture, we as the church are called to speak something of the greatness of God, the hope that we find in him. In this psalm, we're reminded that we, as the people of God, know the fulfillment of his presence and we're called to offer it to those who don't yet know it. So we're called to, to be the people who reveal God to the nations through our relationship with him. But then um, we go on into verses 10 to 13 and we're reminded of the hope that we have to offer to the world. Not only a light for their darkness, but security in uncertainty. And and now, if ever, the world is full of uncertainty and anxiety. But this scripture tells us the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Our world is full of anxiety and threat. We're tired from the ongoing battering of hopelessness, of change, of uncertainty. 
But we have the good news that God who created the world sustains it. And because of that, it's firmly established and cannot be moved. The church has the word that the world is securely held in the hands of a God who loves it. And as a church, we are called to proclaim that hope, to live like those people who are not afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And we don't do this on our own. Um, As Steve mentioned in our prayers, mission isn't something that God sends us off to do. Mission is God's invitation to us to partner with him in revealing himself to the world. It's for us to look out for where God is already at work and to join in and make visible what people are missing. The psalm finishes by talking about the way in which creation rejoices before God and makes his goodness known. And I'm sure, like me, you will have things that in creation that inspire you to the greatness of God. For me, if I look at the stars and the, just the hugeness of the universe inspires me to think, wow, God is even bigger than this thing that I can't begin to take in. When I look at the power of the waves, I think, you know, we can be consumed by this, but God's power is greater than the power of the ocean. And there are all kinds of other parts of creation that cry out the greatness of God, aren't there? Our job is to point people to what that means, what that sense of awe that they feel is all about. To join with creation in proclaiming his goodness. And so as we set off on this journey this year of thinking about mission and equipping ourselves for it, we can be assured that this isn't something that we have to get good at. It's not a skill that we have to build. There are tools that can help us to become confident disciples, to become confident evangelists. But the first and foremost thing is a simple step of joining in the invitation of God to reveal his love and purpose and goodness in the world. One of my favorite quotes about mission um, is, it says this, that Christianity is one beggar showing another beggar where he found bread. And that just feels so simple, doesn't it? It's a compassionate act of sharing the hope that we've found, the fulfillment that we've found in life in Jesus. It's not letting others go without something that we've found is so helpful. And it really doesn't need to be any more complex than that. But there are things that we're going to do. There are things that we're going to learn and build on to help us confidently do that so that we can share this with the world because sometimes we we sort of step back from it and it's really easy to do that. And so we want to commit ourselves this year to being bold in stepping into the invitation of God to share in his mission in the world and invite others into the hope that we've found. Let's stand together as we do that, as we commit ourselves this morning. Let's pray. Um, Worship team, would you mind coming back? We're going to sing again. And and as we do that, we're going to remember that this is the beginnings 
of this journey, that out of our relationship with God, out of our love for God, will come the mission that he calls us to. Let's just take a moment of quiet and close our eyes. Lord Jesus, we love you. This morning we pray that you would come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would soften our hearts, move us to compassion. To share the hope that we found in you. Lord, would you open our eyes to see where you are at work, where you're opening people's hearts, where people are longing for you and they just don't know quite what it is they're looking for. Lord, would you lead us and walk with us into the places where we will go. And let your love spill out from us. And Lord, let us be bold to do more than just live it, but to speak it out too. Let us invite people into your presence. Let us be people who declare the goodness and the glory of God among the nations. We commit ourselves this morning to sharing in this journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen.